Welcome back to another great edition of Talking Tigs. It's good to have you back with us for another week as we uh, can find a closeout, still close out uh, the previous era of LSU football as we transition to the Brian Kelly era. Uh, we got some basketball to talk about, some good, some bad, but overall I think still things are uh, pretty positive for Will Wade's crew. And, uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. It was a pretty slow week. Um, everything's kind of... I guess kind of light. I mean, football postseason in the NFL, it's going strong. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of like a pseudo Bengals fan now that the Saints are out. So uh, Joey B and crew got a good win. One since, gosh, I think the early, like 1991, maybe that was their last, that was the Bengals' last playoff win. Yeah, that's, I think you're right. Quite a while. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just crazy. So uh, congrats to them. Um, I don't know if we were really going to, I just wanted to mention that for, uh, for sakes keeping, but you know, otherwise pretty, pretty light for us. It might be a express pod, but otherwise how, how you guys doing? Uh, doing pretty well. I had fun watching the LSU basketball games. I went to the one yesterday against Arkansas. Unfortunately, the first and only game that I go to is the one that they end up losing, but it was a good time up until the yeah. last like, five minutes of the game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was still exciting to go to. Atmosphere was good. And like you said, checking out the wild card football, cheered on the Bengals as well. Um, and just kind of hanging out, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, everything's kind of football's winding down. Basketball's starting to get, uh, get going. I'm, I'm, I'm excited kind of about LSU basketball. I think that there's a lot of good, a lot of good energy going forward and uh, happy to be talking about it with you. Yeah. Likewise. So uh, let's get down to it. So uh, LSU did have two games this week. Daniel was only able to go to one of them, but that's because they had a road win at Florida. And I was able to watch uh, a little bit of both, actually, but mostly the um, the one against Arkansas. But against Florida, um, I don't know. I think it was, a, it was another different win for these guys because they didn't have Xavier Pinson. But, I mean, this game, it, it didn't seem to matter. They were able to grid out another good win on the road uh, against Florida who can always be pesky with us. I don't know. It doesn't matter what the program is. It always seems like Florida is a pesky out for us, but they, you know, they got off to a really good start, but then I don't know. It seemed like the game kind of just leveled off because yeah, LSU got out to, I don't know. They had a double digit lead. Darius days was doing it all himself. Like right at first came out of the gate with a bunch of great baskets, and then Florida slowly just kind of kept right back in it, but they could never really seem to surpass LSU. LSU led wire to wire, which was awesome. I don't think they trailed at all in that game. Um, but uh, Florida could never get more than, you know, just a couple points behind or, you know, even tie them or, or get the lead. So uh, I think it was overall it was a good win. Plus, you, know, you got to see some guys kind of step up in Xavier Pinson's absence. Uh Sharif O'Neal had some good minutes. You know, he only scored like four points, but he, you know, he looked good. He was a good contributor. Yeah. And Gaines really stepped up since uh, Pinson was out. Uh, I think he had 15 points, really good on defense. So all in all, good, uh, you know, a good win. Were you guys able to watch any of that one or no? Yeah, we watched all of the uh, the Florida game. Um, oh, right on. And I think you're right. I mean, that was – I thought that was a very – uh, a very good and important win for for LSU, especially you know because we were we pretty much knew we knew going in Pinson was absolutely unavailable. There was some question as to whether he could play on Saturday against Arkansas or not. 
course he didn't, he ended up not playing, but um, I think a lot of, a lot of people looking forward were a little bit worried about this Florida game. Um, what they're, they're, what were they? They're ranked. They were a ranked team at the time. They were ranked at the beginning of the season. They fell off a little bit since then. Oh, they but, have I mean, progressed. still dangerous. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, they're, they're still dangerous. And um, I think that was a really gritty win for LSU. It showed that, uh, that there's, there's some depth on this team. Uh, you know, yeah. between, like you said, I, I thought uh, Eric Gaines was was really good in that Florida game. His defense is is really great. He's been able to pop out mm-hmm. um, with steals and, and intercept passes and and do all kinds of uh, great defensive play uh, from a guard spot. Like you said, Sharif O'Neal is pretty much the first time we've seen him play for LSU. He actually played pretty well. Um, had a, a really nice block and then some good rebounds, some and some uh, some nice. Uh, I, he had a putback that was real good for us. So I think you're right. I, I like the depth in this team. I like the, the, I think that the the Florida game was kind of as good as it could go for a, for like a, a beat up LSU team with, you know, who, without some other, without like a Pinson, without some of their better players. Cause also um, didn't Tari Eason foul out. Tar- yeah. Tari Eason fouled out in seven minutes yeah. and then uh, Efton Reed fouled out as well early on. So that was really putting us uh, in stress. So like, so we were playing with almost nobody. I think that, that, that almost these two, the, the two games we saw this week between the Florida game and the Arkansas game were almost mirror images of each other. Very similar in that, um, you know, Xavier Pinson didn't play against Arkansas. Uh, there were some questionable fouls that took people out of the game. It's had to, you had to sit them for a little bit to, to not uh, risk, you know, having them foul out. Uh, but it just seemed like our shots weren't falling against Arkansas. I really liked what we were doing, but towards the end, you know, Arkansas kind of ran away with it. We were playing well. Um, I don't think Days had as much of a dominant game as, as we're kind of used to playing through him against against Arkansas. But Gaines looked no, good. No, didn't. Uh, you know, fudge fudge. I don't even, I didn't even know who fudge was until this year and he's good. <laughs> like, you know, he had that great, uh, he had that great slam dunk, which was really cool, uh, against Arkansas. But like you said, Scott, a little bit, dis- a little bit disappointing not to be able to get that win on Saturday, especially at home. Yeah. yeah. They, they kind of went according to the plan. I talked about where if you win against Florida, then you sit Pinson again because you're satisfied with going one and one, yeah. uh, in those games without him. And it would have been nice to, to pick up both, obviously, um, like you said, Tommy days, like carried us in the first game, especially with Eason and Efton Reed fouling out. And then, uh, he was super cold against Arkansas. I went from like hot to, to the opposite. And I think it was one for eight against Arkansas. And that was really hurting us because our three point shooting was not on. Uh, and then especially when we got into foul trouble in both games as a team, um, that's something that we'll need to clean up. And Will Wade has, has said as much over the course of the season. I mean, it's kind of a byproduct of the aggressive style of defense that we play. You're kind of naturally inclined to have more fouls and you're kind of reaching in constantly. You're trying to go for the block, uh, which can create turnovers as well, but also it'll put you in these tough situations. Well, and then we're, we're getting some kind of bogus offensive fouls. Yeah. Like, especially against Arkansas, I think they called four or five charge fouls against LSU, especially like one at the end, Brandon Murray was driving on the baseline and uh-huh. slung it around the corner and they called a foul, which was his fifth to foul out when he kind of, all he did was like lean around the guy. I know. Uh, and the, then also I, I, I would have thought when I, when they should, you know, they went to review it. Uh-huh. I was like, one, I don't know if that guy was set. I feel like that was almost like he was he was in motion when he when he you know took the charge, which you can't do. He's supposed to be set. And then also the way that reason they reviewed it was whether or not he was in the restricted section. 
because like you know that little circle they have yeah Yeah. um this is weird i didn't i I never really thought about this but um what they were talking about on the broadcast because i was watching it on tv uh you know there's that circle well it doesn't go all the way to the baseline they don't extend it but technically like that area that the it is it's restricted you can't do it you can't set a screen and, and and attempt to take a charge even like like where that line would keep going Mm -hmm. and so that's what they were reviewing they were looking okay well like but there's really no way to know because there's no line i'm like why would you not just extend the like continue the line yeah if that's if that's a rule it's weird a lot of people on the message boards online have been saying the sec has some sort of crusade against will wade and lsu and that's why the officials have been calling so many fouls i think we've like outfouled other sec opponents by like 20 something fouls total over the course of these five games which it really starts to add up but obviously we have so many weapons uh like we mentioned with the depth so um once we get pinson back hopefully he'll be good to go this week against a big uh matchup against alabama um away and then tennessee later on who we've already beaten but that one was at home so uh if we can clean both of those up against ranked opponents and we're right back on a roll so um I mean, Arkansas shows that we're vulnerable um, and can lose a game, especially at home. But, I mean, we've seen us play well against quality opponents, Kentucky and Tennessee already. So if we can keep that up, especially I think the one against Alabama will be a big morale booster to win that because they've been kind of our nemesis or one of the past couple of years in basketball, even coaches wise. Cause like that, like that their coach and will Wade kind of a little rival. Yeah. NATO, it's the coach of Alabama. He's kind of a like intense guy and, he seems to be a loud mouth. Yeah. Arrogant to, to some onlookers. Uh, so I hope we can, we can put that one on, but yeah, also shout out to Eric Gaines and justice Williams coming off the bench. He was a five-star recruit who hadn't played much at all until the past couple of games for stepping in for Pinson. They played pretty well, uh, Gaines especially. Um, so we'll be seeing the rotation as we, we move forward. And another, uh, just another little, little cherry on top on basketball. Um, I don't know if y'all saw this and I, 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 I think this is right. Isn't Auburn ranked number four in the nation right now? Yeah, yeah. and there's consideration that Auburn's going to be number one when the rankings come out tomorrow. So, like, I, I feel like the way we played again, I mean, think about that. Like, we we pretty much took Auburn to the end at home. It wasn't a, it wasn't a bad loss. We kind of ran, we, you know, towards the end, we were making a run at them. Yeah, I mean, we lost by like seventeen. Did we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was bad. Oh, I thought I thought we well, I thought we made well, it we, we got to, we got within like six twice so it's like we were able to keep up with them it was well, just it was because you know, we were was just a, so shocked from the first yeah it was an 18 to 1 start and, uh, and ap- after that point it yeah, was basically yeah. neck and neck but the deficit was already so large that it was it was hard to claw back in but you're right i see what you're saying like yeah if you lose potentially the number one team that's not too bad and lsu they, they'll probably drop due to the arkansas loss but i think we'll find ourselves around like 15 or something and we still got plenty of basketball left to play i guess my point is and you're right i, I now i remember that that kind of 18 to one thing that that really kind of set us off bad but what i guess my point what i was thinking was when we played auburn and we lost like i knew that they were good i didn't know that they i didn't i don't they weren't ranked high they weren't like a top 10 team uh-huh. i was thinking like okay well like auburn's always good with bruce pearl so like I, you know maybe we win maybe we lose but now looking back on it being like okay well like we were i, I remember watching that game and thinking we can play with these guys mm-hmm. you know if we have a on a good day we can beat them and so for them to be like daniel said potentially the number one team in the country um i, I mean think about think about like what happens when they come to our place you know like maybe maybe we can knock them off like i think i think that we're not, we're definitely we didn't get blown out by and just be like okay there's no way for us to compete at all with these guys 
Right. No. And I mean, I, I would look at that. Uh, I don't think there's anyone in the country that would really blow the doors off of LSU and they just like, we, we have no business being on the same court. Uh, you know, it was, it, well, Will Wade said, I would be su- surprised if my guys scored 60 points against Auburn. And they didn't. They scored 55. So Will Wade wasn't really surprised by it. He knew his guys were probably, you know, due for some sort of letdown. That's why, I don't know, I feel like this Arkansas game is a little bit of a letdown, too, just after the week, you know, they had before with the two great wins and then the road win against Florida. I don't know. You know, just you could see it in the game. They're kind of uh, kind of sloppy, you know, just giving the ball away, not making their shots. Meanwhile, Arkansas is just, I don't know, they, they just they kind of did what they needed to do to win. And, you know, LSU wasn't even able to score 60 against Arkansas. So it's, I don't know, I think it's something they can easily put behind them, but. You know, you can definitely see that they're susceptible if if they're not sharp. They just they just didn't look sharp. But you know, moving on. Moving yeah, on. I agree. Like at the um, at the end, I think the game against Arkansas finished on like a seventeen to two run or something. Our offense was ice cold, and that's what doomed us. Like if you can just put one or two baskets up uh, and compete with them, then we can win that game. Because. I remember, I, I mean, I was there watching it. We were up 56 to 50. Mm-hmm. And before you knew it, it was like 56 to, to like 60, something, yeah, 60 something on the other side. You're like, wait, what? Um, Cause every position we would go down, take a, a not a quality shot, brick it off. Uh, they would out rebound us and then they get points in transition the other way. So uh, if we can just find more ways to score um, they, they didn't really feed Tari Eason as much as I think they should have especially like late in the game, we saw how he can dominate and take over. So I think we'll wait will especially focus on that uh, going into these next couple of games. Yeah. But I mean, they've got their, uh, they're, I mean, they're not shooting a lot of threes, which is good because I remember that game against Auburn, they were just, it was atrocious, but then the next game, they're a better selective. I uh, still, I don't think they're going to be like a big outside three shooting team. They'll hit some here and there. It'll probably mostly be Darius days, but uh, that's not going to be our, uh, that's definitely not going to be our bread and butter. Um, I think it might just be some, you know, icing on the cake here and there, but uh, it's too bad we don't have better, you know, like long range shooting. Cause I feel like that's what could help us. Some of these teams get their streaks going with those. We, you know, we just score points in bunches off of defense, but we'll see. We'll see how this Alabama game goes. Um, but I mean, uh, we, I don't think it really helps anything this season. But um, LSU did pick up uh, a big offer uh, or a big commitment, I should say. LSU picked up a big commitment this week. Uh, Will Wade did with um, like a five-star combo guard, Marvell Allen. He committed to LSU this week, and boom, they uh, they just keep falling for Will Wade. Um, this guy's out of uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. I guess he's ranked like the number four point guard in the country for the class of 2023. I mean, that offers from everybody, Kansas, Florida, uh, Alabama, Ohio state, many, many others, but he committed to Will Wade and the Tigers. So boom, he's booting up. That's awesome. Excited about that. I think Will Wade has had a five-star recruit now in every class from his first year, I guess it was 2017. Was that, um, uh, but yeah, he, I know he's had one every year from then, and this extends that to 2023 as long as this guy sticks with LSU. And that's exciting because, uh, I mean, just having a, a great point guard that you can lean on and run the game is so important. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, Javante Smart did well in that role. And then now we have uh, 
uh, Xavier Pinson and Eric Gaines, but like may go back to like Tremont Waters, like to somebody who could really lean on to control the game. Uh, and so if, if Allen can bring that, then that's really exciting. I know, I mean, a guy of this quality is probably one and done for the most part, unless things go really wrong. But I guess as, as long as the general can keep raking them in, then keep taking them. Yeah. And it's like, you don't, you're not going to tell, you're not going to tell them to say, ah, no, we don't really want a five star. <laughs> Well, um, I know that the Lady Tigers had uh, another good win this week also. I mean, I forget who it was, but congrats to them. Uh, I mean, both both programs are just chugging right along. Yeah. But I did want to touch on LSU's football coaching hires because it looks like they are done. Brian Kelly has his staff in place. We're set. We're moving forward, right? Uh, I don't think there's anything else left to ask or left to add. Uh, because it looks like LSU is about to announce uh, Georgia's wide receiver coach, uh, Cortez Hankton. And with that, everything's going to be solidified with Brian Kelly's staff. Uh, of course, we've talked about most of these already, but just a quick rundown. On the offensive side, offensive coordinator is Mike Denbrock. Uh, then we have Frank Wilson, assistant head coach, running backs coach. Brad Davis, offensive line coach. We knew that. He's staying with us. Joe Sloan is the quarterback's coach. Now, they pull him from La Tech. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't really heard much of this guy before, but you know, apparently he's big in the uh, recruiting circles in Louisiana, most, mostly the, uh, like the northern area. Like these high school coaches love this guy. And um, La Tech's had some really good offensive seasons as of late, and they can contribute to this guy, apparently. Um, so we have him coming in. He's going to be coaching quarterbacks. Um, I guess recruiting too. Uh, I think that's what the big eye is because with some of these hires, as we'll get into later also, um, but this guy in particular, it's like Brian Kelly knows what's in Louisiana. And it's like all of his hires and all of his moves have been about Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could say this, you know, it's, it was going to be totally different than Ed Orgeron, but and that's pr- pretty much what Ed Orgeron wanted to do. He's like, he, he loved Louisiana. He wanted to coach at LSU. He wanted to, take all the recruits to have everybody come to LSU, but that's pretty much what Brian Kelly's focus on. Like all of his hires have been with guys in Louisiana or some sort of connection there. And I think it's really good. Uh, there's some recruits that we hadn't really talked about now. Uh, what's that tight end that caught the attention of everybody on the, uh, in the, it was like one of the high school state championships, Danny, Danny, was it Lake? I don't know. There's some, some he was from Westlake. You know what I'm talking about? the This tight end, Danny somebody. Anyway, uh, Denbrock was uh, actually pulled him to Cincinnati, but he... He, uh, he decommitted, yeah. Actually, no, I, I remember what you were saying, yeah. Um, yeah, so like he's, you know, all theory is he's, you know, because we definitely need some tight ends. Danny but, Lewis. Um, uh, this guy, I don't know, do you guys know anything about uh, the guy I mentioned, Joe Sloan? Like, is he, is he pretty well known? I'm sure maybe like one of our friends like Stuart, uh, Hannah could probably tell us, like maybe he knows him by name too. But um, I don't know. Do you, what do you guys think of him and these other offensive hires? I mean, I think that I think that you're right. It's good to see I, one of the main criticisms of Brian Kelly, or or not even criticisms, but questions maybe felt that critics had were was uh, okay, great. You know, he can win and he can win at Notre Dame, but can he come down here and can he talk to? Uh, can, and can he recruit different parts of Louisiana? And can he build that wall that, you know, like it or not, Coach O was actually pretty good about doing because he does know the area. He's from here. 
you know, he can say, yeah, I'm from La Rose and I went to Northwestern and I, mm-hmm. I've lived in Baton Rouge for a long time and all that stuff. Um, and he knows all the head coaches, all the high school coaches and everything. But like you said, with, uh, with hiring Sloan and then of course, Frank Wilson. And then now with Cortez, uh, Hankton, he's a new Orleans guy as well. Um, you can tell that, that Brian Kelly recognizes maybe that that's maybe, maybe a weak spot that he has or, or a deficiency is, you know what, like, I haven't been here. I don't know the lay of the land as well as I need to right away. Um, and so I think that's, I think it's a good, I think they're, they're all good hires. Uh, I don't know much about him as a quarterback coach, but I do, I, I do agree that having somebody who's coached at Louisiana tech and me and Dana are, up, are, are from up there. I mean, there are a ton of good players. Um, from North Louisiana who end up at Louisiana tech. And, and if they don't end up there, they're all recruited by Louisiana tech. If you're, if you're half good, you know, halfway decent at, at football in North Louisiana tech's going to give you an offer. So I know that um, he, he's going to be familiar with all of the talent in that area in, in North Louisiana and kind of the around the, the surrounding area too, because they'll pull guys from Mississippi and, and Arkansas and then uh, kind of that uh, Northeastern Dallas, uh, Northeastern Texas area, kind of up to Dallas um, so it's, I think it's a good regional hire and um, you're right about tech as far as offensive, offensive production. I know they, they got rid of their coach. Uh, they got rid of skip Hulse this year and they're moving on, but um, they, they have had a good, good offensive uh, kind of pedigree for the past, you know, maybe yeah. 10, 15 years. Yeah. I think one thing that's interesting about all these hires and we hadn't even really got into the defensive guys uh, yet, but which is how Brian Kelly sourced all the different uh, position coaches from different areas. So you've got people who are like former NFL guys mm-hmm. like Matt house and uh, Robert steeples on the defensive side. You've got people from other power five schools um, like uh, Jamar Kane, uh, who was at Oklahoma, I believe. And then Hankton at Georgia cooks was at um, Oklahoma. Right. And then you've got guys who've been like former power five head coaches like Frank Wilson and then uh, Brian Poley and the recruiting coordinator. And then people from his former staff themselves, like uh, Mike Denbrock. And then uh, I believe Kerry Cooks was in Notre Dame also. So yeah. really just, and, and then also some more up and comers like Joe Sloan from Louisiana tech. So it's really just all walks of life coming into LSU. And I think that's uh, interesting to me. It's not like he's just focusing down one alley or or one type of thing. Tommy's laughing about something here. Wait, you mean to tell me he's not just he's not just hiring people who've spoken to Joe Brady before? Yeah, right. Yeah, well, I think it's good that he, he's definitely open to all these different people. Some no, I I think you're totally right. Like the problem the problem that Coach O like ran into is like somebody told him that he that the Joe Brady offense was great, and that and he was like, okay, we're gonna hire anybody who can say the words Joe and mm-hmm. Brady. And he's got a few guys from his past, like Denbrock uh, and Cooks, but it's not a necessarily an old boys club. Uh, you, you got interesting uh, strategic hires from all areas of college football in the NFL. So I just hope all the pieces of all the puzzle pieces can fit together for an effective whole, which we'll see coming up here. But it's basically a whole new staff. So I expect a lot of change in the LSU football program in that way. Yeah, I think you're really right about it. They're all it does. It does seem like they're all puzzle pieces fitting together as far as when you've got geography, uh, like where they're from, what areas they might know recruiting wise, then you also think about the positions that they coach or, or the size of the ball that they coach. And then you also think about their experience, where they've been, whether it's NFL. So they, so they can talk to a recruit about how the experience they've had in the league and how we can get you to the league or whether it's other college experience where they can, 
um, say, you know, pull from, Hey, I was, I was, I, I, I coached and recruited in the big 10 before or the big 12 or the pac 12. And this is how we need to do it. If we want to go get a guy from the West coast, or this is what we need to do. If, if we got a guy who's from Ohio or he's from Indiana, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think you're right, Daniel. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because it, as I've heard and kind of all these hires have come one after another. It's not like one day they just dropped everybody. You know, he, he was methodical in the way that he hired them. And as you kind of look at it as a full picture, it really does seem like like pieces fitting together of like, okay, there is a, there's a strategy behind who we're hiring and we're not hiring people with duplicate skill sets, or we're not just hiring. Cause he's a, you know, okay. Like, he seems good. Let's get him. And or he could have even just basically brought his whole staff with him from yeah. Notre Dame, and people like wouldn't have really batted much of an eye at that. They've been like, "Oh, it's just his program," and like he gets to he needs to do that if that's what he wants. But no, he went and kind of built it from the bottom up instead. Which shows, which shows also that like I think that and maybe we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but like Brian Kelly is a is a process oriented guy who who knows um, what it takes to build a program. He's rebuilding a program basically. And he's saying like, okay, I need, I need this. I need this. I need this. I need this. And now I'm going to have to, okay, Frank Wilson's going to fill this, this one for me. Uh, I'm going to bring cooks, carry cooks over here from here. Uh, I need, I need some, uh, a guy who knows the North region. So that's going to be Sloan. And, and, you know, he's, he's really putting it all together. Yeah. And I think um, like, even uh, who's to say, I, I imagine he did want Tommy Reese and uh, Marcus Freeman to follow him to Louisiana, but you know what? maybe ultimately they would have been a better fit at Notre Dame, you know, regardless, like the, we may not really know these names he's bringing in, but I think the fans can rest assured that people in Louisiana that need to know who they are, know who they are. All these high school coaches that we're going to be reaching out to and hopefully, you know, are, are in these players ears. Like these guys know who our coaches are. Uh, there's going to be some connection, some six degrees of separation if they don't. So, I, I think that is his approach, and he's like, that's fine. I'll make it that, and it's good. And it it's not just the coaching, because we definitely want to round that out, but I think it's the transfers, which we'll get into in a second. But just defensively, he's got Madhouse. We talked about him. Uh, but he's also got Jamar Kane, as you guys already mentioned, run game coordinator and defensive line coach. Very interesting distinctions there, I think. You know, usually it's like he's, well, that's, he's defending against the run. Might as well have him a run gate coordinator. Um, but as you also mentioned, Robert Steeples, the cornerbacks coach, um, he was mostly in the pros, but he he did coach straight in the high schools, and he took his team to like uh, I think two straight uh, state championship games after only like a couple years. Um, and coming also in the transfer portal, this guy uh, was actually the coach of this defensive line transfer out of Missouri that everyone wants he's new he's whittled his down to uh 14s but Mikai Wingo who was transferring out of Missouri had a really good year this guy coached him in high school so that is our connection and we're in one of his top four so I, I don't know that's that's what I'm saying I'm not saying that's why Brian Kelly hired him but it could work out and pay uh and, and pay twofold for us right there already um but as far as um Kerry Cook you guys talked about him uh, you know, I think that's just somebody, Brian, you know, a lot of these people he, he already knows and trust or he definitely sees a value in them. And then, you know, of course, we have Brian Polian, uh, who's been our recruiting coordinator. He's already pulling in guys 
Uh, you know, I think he's probably most busy, busy on Twitter and seeing who's in the transfer portal. Um, and then we also have Jake Flint, director of athletic development. And then there's the, the guy that Georgia that we're bringing in uh, for wide receivers. He just won a title with Georgia, uh, Cortez Hankton. It's been, I guess they're waiting for the, the game to finish and now we can make it official. And that rounds out his, his coaching tree, right? Or his coaching hire right there. We're good to go. We don't, I don't really know who these teams are or these guys are, but I, I'm, I'm interested to learn, you know, uh, like I, I can read about them all. I, all I want to, but I just want to see their imprint on this team moving forward. Uh, you know, hopefully we can do that as early, maybe as the spring game, you know, see, see, see what they're working with so far. You want to talk about all the, the players that we got coming in? Cause there was like back to back to back on these guys. Mm-hmm. It was, it was right as we were all. recording or right as we were finishing recording and then like two dropped, yeah. right? Last last Sunday, we was like, oh, we got all these uh, coaches, but you know, all these guys transferring up and nobody transferring in. Well, you speak into existence and it happens. Uh, and that's pretty much what happened. Um, did you have a quick rundown on it? I don't know. That's technically, that's recruiting corner, right, Daniel? And that's... Yeah, nowadays I, I it is. It to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I, I got it right in front of you unless you want to go uh, I mean you can go for it Scott it's hard to kind of source all these announcements all together because there's so many of them right right um, but we'll start we'll kick it off with uh, well, let's just say we have uh, two come in from uh, Arkansas that's uh, Joe Foucha. Um he's uh, actually from New Orleans and you're going to start to see a trend with this um, just guys that played Outside, you know, they they played high school in Louisiana, and maybe they wanted to go LSU, but they just, you know, their LSU had their eye on somebody else maybe at the time. So they're still able to play, uh, you know, to start in the SEC. It just wasn't going to be at LSU because of the personnel that we already had. Um, And then after that, uh, we actually got (laughs) one of his teammates, uh, another uh, cornerback, actually, uh, or defensive back, Greg Brooks Jr. And... And then we actually had a couple of guys from uh, from UL, from Lafayette, cornerback Mackay Garner, and then wide receiver Kyron Lacey. And all these have been uh, needs that we need now because we've, we've got to fill up. We've got to fill up empty spots. We're going to get some uh, recruits coming in, but LSU, I think, uh, you know, they had 32 spots to fill this cycle because they're mm-hmm. just they're way behind with all these transfers and opt outs and everything. Um, and um, I mean, Elsha also picked up a running back, a uh, guy from uh, Penn State. But uh, Noah Kane. I don't know. I think one connection, one thing all these guys have in common is Noah Kane. Yeah, sorry. Um, you know, they're all from Louisiana. So maybe they didn't have a chance to play at LSU, so they went elsewhere, but now they have an opportunity to play for LSU. So they're, <laughs> they're coming back, uh, you know, and with the way the transfer portal is. Uh, it's just uh, it's just a big old turnstile, and it's working. I mean, good for us, right? All these guys get to get to play with. I think the the school they originally wanted to play with. Really yeah, can. I mean, it's really crazy, especially when you look at those uh, the two guys from Arkansas. I mean, those were, I believe, we're pulling starters off their defense. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, no, exactly. I mean, but they, you know what? That's the that's the brave new world of college football because it's not just happening to Arkansas. After Alabama, after Alabama loses the national championship, and kind of one of their, I mean, one of their top-rated tight ends or the, the top-rated tight end on the team, Jaleel Billingsley, is in the transfer portal. He just announced he's going to Texas. Oh, he's going. Okay, that, yeah. that confirms. So he's going to Texas. 
you know, that, then you've got um, a bunch of like, you know, seven players off Alabama's team went into the portal after the national championship. People from Georgia's team, they, they haven't even, they, they just had their, uh, their celebration parade and people were already in the portal. So um, <laughs> it's really crazy to think about, but I'm glad that we're, we need to, this is a year where we really need to, to take advantage of it and pull experience because we're going to be, we're already so young. We were young this year. Um, we're going to need it. And we're going to need playmakers who can play day one. I think that, and, and we need defensive backs. I mean, our defensive back uh, roster has just been absolutely gutted with transfers. So um, I'm ready to see them. I'm, I'm hoping that they're going to uh, be able to, you know, add some, some dynamic play right from day one. And uh, yeah, I think it's good. I'm really, I think the one I'm most excited about, I'm, I'm, I think I'm most excited about Noah Kane because he was a pretty high, high rated recruit out of high school. Um, yeah. He played a lot his freshman year, I think at Penn state and then kind of fell down the depth chart a little bit um, to some other players, maybe due to some injuries, but yeah, he's definitely got a lot of potential and then hopefully he'll have that fire coming back home. Cause he's from Baton Rouge. And I mean, LSU's running back room with Ty Davis price going to the NFL, John Emery and questionable. <laughs> John Emery may or may not. He'll, he may, he might, may finish his class. So, so we're left with Corey Connor and Armani Goodwin, both of who showed flashes, but weren't exactly tearing defenses apart last year no. so and having, i guess we theoretically have trey bradford but no one can confirm whether he's actually on the team yeah so having an experienced upperclassman like kane definitely helps out there and yeah i, I agree with you a lot um i'm not going to run through every guy but especially the db is like we said we, we needed that um not to mention miles frazier the offensive tackle from fiu who was a couple of weeks ago but uh he's in that Much group needed. as well so that brings us uh and then i think i don't even know if you you mentioned scott we got a uh, linebacker West Weeks from Virginia. Yep. Um, and I so saw, I think that's eight total transfers this year uh, to go with 13 signees already. So that's 21 uh, total. So we can pick up a few more recruits in the late signing day. Um, Jacoby Matthews out of Louisiana is still like the main target as well as a Trevante. Her- uh, yeah, Trevante citizen running back from Lake Charles. Uh, and then Harold Perkins Jr. is a five-star wide receiver who's committed to Texas right now, but he hasn't signed. And some people think we have a chance of flipping him. Uh, but yeah, excited about all these guys. And so the, the process is already in effect. Um, we'll have to see whether some of the players who were like a group of five level are able to step up and compete on an SEC uh, playing field. Like the guys from Arkansas already know about this, uh, but people like UL and FIU and stuff, that's not the same competition week in and week out, but uh, it's good to see um, Kelly and the recruiting team addressing these issues early on. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I'm, yeah. I'm excited about it. I'm excited. I'm excited that you know what you know what. I feel like um, at other schools, like how many how many people are itching to transfer to Florida State right now? You know what I mean? It, it, there, if you're if you're there, it shows that there's definitely still some. Obviously, we're not in a great place right now. We did, we we just we had to fire our, our entire staff and, and pretty much rehire it and get new hires at every position. Um, but it shows that there that LSU still means something to recruits because and it's and I think that getting to the place where it doesn't mean something to recruits is a lot closer than you think it is. Not necessarily for LSU, but just in general. You know, go go talk to people from USC. Go talk to people from Florida State. Go talk to people from Miami or from Texas even. Um, so it's good to me. It's good to see that, you know what, LSU still commands some authority to be able to say, yeah, we're going to take, uh, we're going to take two starters from an SEC defense. That was a, it was a, a really good, year, a really good team last year. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of addressing issues, like I think the reason we have to get these guys from elsewhere now in the portal is because of our guys leaving is because, you know, not only is Brian Kelly changing, you know, I guess his approach to the team, but he's also changing his approach into kind of everything, man, even uh, just, you know, accountability, uh, discipline. Uh, I heard Jody Coletta talking about this on one of his pods. And then also seeing uh, Braden Fajoko talking about this in an interview is to where, uh, you know, there's kind of like a new sheriff in town. Yeah. Brian Kelly and his crew. It's like, if you're late to a meeting, don't, you know, it's, it doesn't really matter what your excuse is. Didn't happen. Or, you know, if it happens again, it's like, you know what, I don't know if you're going to work out here. And I think that's supposedly, um, you know, that's what happened with Trey Palmer. You know, these, these guys that like, you know, we, kind of let stuff slide before there was a sense of entitlement, you know, like, well, well, you know, I'm this, uh, you know, I don't really, it's five minutes, you know, this, 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 and this from the class. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Fine. Now, apparently there's no excuses flying. So I heard the same thing about the white McLaughlin. Yeah. 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 I'd heard that too. I mean, I, who's to say, I guess we can figure out soon enough, you know, in in the future when people can really talk about some of this stuff, but um, I'd say it's it's a house cleaning and it's it sucks. That's why we're probably losing some people we didn't think we would lose. But I don't know. I think in the long run it's probably better, right? Yeah, no, I think I think you're right because um, we've seen for the past couple of years LSU was able to recruit incredible talent, stars stars abound, but so a lot of them didn't pan out and you don't, and I, we can't really tell you why I, I don't, I can't tell you for, for sure why, um, you know, certain players haven't panned out the way that you like to see it. But I do think that there is something about that buy-in and that universal. Um, if you're not on the same page, then, then don't, we don't, we don't want you to be here. We go find, yeah. you can find another, you know, go find a place where you can, where you fit in better. Um, I don't think, I don't know if we necessarily had that. We definitely didn't have it as much. And I think you're right that, um, Brian Kelly's bringing that to to the team, and I think it's going to be good for us in the long run. But that's also that that is you, you kind of have to. It forces people to leave, so you do see people transferring in all those situations. They you know they say Saban did it the same way, and in you know 2007 when he first started at Alabama, a lot of people left because they're like, I don't like this. I don't I don't really uh, this this is too crazy for me. And all right, that. well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, all right, right on. Um, anything else? Cause I think that's, that's pretty much all I had for football. You know, there wasn't, it's like, as soon as we hang up, who knows what, what, you know, what news is going to drop later tonight. But, um, I don't know. I mean, all in all, it's, you know, a good week is coaching staff rounded out. We got some transfers coming in and, uh, you know, still some highly, some, uh, some highly sought after recruits that are looking to commit in the next, uh, next couple of weeks. So uh, I think Brian Kelly's in a good position. Uh, anything else, guys? Uh, I think that's about it. I'm going to be watching these basketball games on TV this week. Um, and other than that, see whatever else pops up. Yeah. Right on. Uh, well, that'll do it for us here on Talking Ticks. So tune in next time about these basketball games and any other football recruiting news. And I don't know, we're probably going to be uh, inching towards baseball here. I, I know it's probably right around 30-something days to go uh, until we see – basically first pitch and see what, uh, what this Jay Johnson crew is going to look like. Um, so I'm looking forward to that as well, but, uh, until then stay safe, stay tuned. And we will talk to you next time on talking ticks.